Hello, this is uh, Sam Electric Ghost. I have the muted on. Hey, guys. Hello. Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. So it's great to have you guys on again. Yeah, thanks for having us back. Yeah, I see uh, you guys have released, um, well, I've seen like three singles for this year. Um, And your latest track is Nothing Good Lasts Forever, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Demi the Daredevil. And so the other two were Fishing in Concrete and Jigsaw, right? Uh, Just Fishing in Concrete, uh, because Jigsaw was released uh, just as like a standalone single earlier this year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so just Fishing in Concrete. Yeah, I was just talking about 2020. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, yeah, so it's um, last time we talked, we talked about Ripped Jeans and Snake. Bites, I believe, your full album. Mm-hmm. So you guys want to talk about like what's yeah. been going on since the last time we talked? Uh, so we've done a few singles, and we've been trying to improve how we record, like doing more layering, and what are we else EQing, doing? EQing. And just looking at YouTube videos, really, and just how to improve our sound. You're still, and you're, I think you're still doing it primarily awesome. from home. Yeah, we're doing it all from home, um, and I think kind of, I mean, it's not really me, but Jack's songwriting has also like improved as well. Um, so we're kind of like taking more inspirations, not just from like pop punk, but also from uh, some like kind of metal inspirations. Even. Yeah, metal, more metal. alternative rock rather than just pop punk. Yeah. So like the last time we talked, you know, we had talked about Green Day was a big inspiration. So now when you're talking about more like in metal, who are the bands that you're inspired by in metal? Uh, well, more like alternative metals mm-hmm. like System of a Down and Avenged Sevenfold and bands like that. <laughs> That's cool. And uh, Bring Me the Horizon. Bring Me the Horizon, yeah. Yeah, big one. Yeah, well, in the, back in 2018, you know, you were at, at, at that point, you were, you were kind of still, you know, in that zone. And now you've, um, you know, you Every year you get, as a musician, every year you get better if you keep on playing. Yeah, if you don't stop. <laughs> and you guys didn't stop. I see you kept on going. So, um, yeah. So, one of the things I've been talking to a lot of bands, um, you know, they, they had some issues because they used to go to a recording studio and then they can't go. But you guys don't have that issue because you record from home. Um, but in terms of um, like what's going on with COVID, like in the U.S., we're having a lot of trouble. So I, I've seen, like in London, you guys are having like similar trouble. How hard has it been to to be a musician, you know, right now? Well, it's not too bad, like recording wise, but playing live, there's like no opportunities at all, really. And it's too unpredictable to get a gig. And when there are gigs, um, everyone wants to go at the same time, so there's not really any space left. Yeah, and. The fans as well. I'm not sure if they really want to go to a gig during COVID. I know you guys had yeah. had always done like YouTube videos, and you've you've got some really good videos. So you guys were in a good place to keep on doing that. So have you focused, continued to focus on your 2020 singles um, with videos to go with them? Yeah, I mean, I think because um, just like America, well. Not like America, but in the UK, we got locked down for quite a while, quite a few months, like early summer. And I think that because 
um, since we do all, all our recording from home, uh, that gave us the opportunity to, you know, go forward with this album and get it done quite quickly. So for us, it was quite productive, actually. But... Yeah. But you got, have you guys created, like, YouTube videos for the 2020 singles? Oh, yeah, we have. Um, well, we made one for Fishing in Concrete. Nothing could last forever. It was just a visual, though. And yeah. we've got one coming up for an, Another Way Under the Sun, which is coming out at the same time as the album. Yeah, we've got uh, one of my friends making a visual for that. So it takes the pressure off. In the new album, what's the title for the new album? Uh, Your Night Fighters Lie, part one. Oh, no, chapter one, not part one. What's the release date on that? <laughs> Uh, 20th of November. Next Friday. Next Friday. Cool. How many tracks are on this record? How big is it? Um, so this is actually, well, we say it's an album, but it's kind of like a long EP, kind of mini album. So it's only seven songs long. Um, and then we hope to do another part. So chapter two. Oh, maybe so that's next year. why you've got chapter one. And you said, have you got multiple chapters or just two? Uh, just two at the moment. I don't think we'll do any more. Yeah, but I feel like we decided to like split it in half just so we can uh, get music out quicker and also so we can like bring more exposure to each song. Yeah. Uh, we didn't want to like spend all that time recording a whole album and then just throw it out all at once. So are you guys going to release, yeah. continue to release singles from the EP? Or like once the EP comes out, you're not going to run any more singles from it? Uh, there's just one more single that comes out at the same time as the album. And then for Chapter 2, we'll release a few more singles leading up to that. Yeah, it seems like the EP format and the single format is still like, you know, what's the, I, I'm, I'm kind of happy that at least the EP format is, is getting a little stronger in the market. I, I see more and more bands doing EPs. And not just doing singles. And that, you know, because I'm a child of the 70s, I kind of grew up with albums. So anything that's more long play, I kind of like. <laughs> but, um, yes. but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really encouraging to see, you know, that bands are, are feeling that they can release more than just singles. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. That's kind of what we were thinking as well, because we were, like, at the start of the year, we were just planning to release singles, but then... Like you, we like we quite like listening to an album like start to finish. So we, this is kind of like a compromise in a way because the idea is we want people to listen to this EP like start to finish, um, just like you would, you know, a big album. And yeah, I think it always works better that way. Yeah, songs feel better when they're in a collection rather than isolated tracks. Yeah, so just... then they've got a similar theme and they link into each other and things like that. Yeah, it's just like I've always enjoyed that. I mean, I grew up with the with vinyl. So vinyl, like I think I told you before, is like if you if, when you grew up with vinyl, you didn't really skip around. I mean, you could, but typically if you put on Led Zeppelin 4, you're going to listen to the whole thing. If you put on Pink Floyd, you, yeah. you were going to listen to the whole thing. You didn't skip around. The vinyl format kind of encouraged that. Um, and so, I, you know, growing up that way, I've always liked to listen to people you know, not just skipping around on a playlist. Not that, you know, because you have, everybody has an iPhone or has a smartphone that people are, you know, just doing playlists. But I think for musicians, like, especially for bands, like, 
then you end up being like a one hit wonder, you know, because it's like how, how many times are you going to hit a playlist? Um, and so it's, it's like you try, you got to try to kind of build a market or build a fan base that will be into you. And the only way they can really understand you is if you give them more songs, <laughs> you know. Yeah, true. Unless you just want to live off of one song, <laughs> which is yeah, is kind of not. I don't think any band really wants to live off the one song. No, no. Even if they do well on it, then they kind of it's mind numbing if everybody just wants to hear that one song. <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially if you don't like it. Yeah, what tends to be like once you get that song, most of the bands they really end up hating that song that made them made them famous. <laughs> Yeah, because it's like, oh man, I I wanted somebody to go into my deeper tracks, but to keep on asking me for, you know, I got to keep on doing, you know, you know, the typical, you know, American playlist is I'm gonna go do something from Leonard Skinner, you know, Free Bird. Everybody starts mm-hmm. yelling Free Bird, or they yell like Stairway to Heaven, or they yell, you know, Hotel California, and then you're like, okay, that's all you want to hear. <laughs> Yeah. You know, that's it's kinda it's kinda limiting. <laughs> mm-hmm. But but uh it's cool that you guys are, are branching out into metal or like modern metal. Um because it's like you know, a lot of the bands, you know, at least the like Green Day, they've they've even kind of evolved in some of the stuff they're looking at. You know, they're doing some R and B and soul integrating that into their mix now. So so what are you guys like um thinking about in terms of like beyond doing videos, have you thought of any way online besides you know like live streaming is ways in 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 the UK to get on to like live streaming concerts? Yeah, we have thought about that. Um, I mean, I think a few months ago we did a just a live stream on Instagram, but yeah, I think there are quite a few promoters in the UK who are doing that, so we could. That's an option. And I think this, I mean, it's not really playing live music, but this uh, coming Thursday, I think we are going to do another Instagram live stream just um, listening to the EP starts. Oh, cool. Are you going to do like an album release Instagram? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Day before it's out. Yeah, just the night before. So that should be good. Yeah, because I mean, one of the things I, 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 in the US, we've got some bands that that some um, television studios, or like TV studios are opening up like sound stages and allowing bands to do a performance. It was this like band from Denver, Colorado called Tennis, and they actually got like a TV studio that let them go on a sound stage, and they actually did like an hour and a half concert with like nobody there but the cameraman and the soundman, right? And they just live streamed the, the concert, but they were on like a real stage with lighting and LEDs and everything. Everybody paid like you know fifteen dollars a ticket. And it did pretty well. And more and more bands are trying to, in the States, are trying to get into that kind of setup where they can go to a stage and actually, but there's nobody there but yeah. but, but but the film crew and, and do a live performance. And I don't know if the BBC or if anybody's figuring that out in London to like give bands a way to do that. Um, yeah, I think there have been like a couple of bands, well, quite a few bands doing actually, but like independently, um, but yeah, I mean, it seems so awkward though because not having yeah, no crowd, there, just like you finish a song and then there's no cheering and then there's kind of <laughs> just an awkward silence at the end. But 
Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. They, 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 I guess the way they rehearsed this band from Denver, they rehearsed it so they kind of, they had their whole set and they just kind of went from song to song. And, they, right. you know, they just kind of, they kind of, because I think they kind of felt like, well, we, we got this vibe we rehearsed for like two months. So we're just going to play it like we rehearsed it, <laughs> you know. But, um, yeah, I think it, like when you're a band like that, it was like a five-piece band. I think they just got into each other, you know. They just got into the vibe that they were just happy to be playing. Um, and I know that like a lot of bands, like, you, you have to kind of get that feedback from the, from, the, from, the, from the actual audience. And that's what's been kind of hard about doing online is like even if you get on one of these live streaming shows, you know, you don't really see that any kind of audience feedback. So some bands are kind of dependent on that because they don't really feel like I don't feel any input from the crowd. So how am I know, how do I know if I'm going over, you know? (laughs) So it's, you know, we're kind of in a bad situation for that kind of thing. So then, then it's like, okay, well, is it better to put all my effort into YouTube videos and, and try to get, get it out that way than trying to do live? Have you thought that maybe you put more energy into YouTube? Yeah, maybe. Um, well, because well, last year we started doing like um, I think we called it like acoustic sessions. We started a series where we just play um, acoustic versions of our songs, like live, but you know, not mm-hmm. live at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so and like covers and covers as well. And so we might do that um, with our new songs as well, maybe. Uh, yeah does that feel better like when you do like a unplugged version do you kind of get more into it at least it's a little different than what you actually put on the record yeah yeah so that's hopefully something we can look forward to doing as well just to keep i've seen even some bands do kind of try to figure out if they can get like a question and answer session with their diehard fans and actually go back and forth having like a chat like actually doing like a zoom yeah <laughs> and and then actually have, having all their fans come on and then having some kind of moderator and having people ask them questions i you know some bands is like i don't know how many questions i could answer you know mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you're, you're a relatively new band or you're not you know comfortable with that you know some bands maybe like a guy like bono he talks for he has tons of, to say you know so he comes on with his fans he's going to probably talk more than they do um, but, um, yeah, have you ever thought that that would work or kind of given the way you guys are, would, yeah, that wouldn't really work. What, what do you think? Um, yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know if we do a Zoom call, but, um, I think, like I said, with the Instagram live stream, like celebrating the release of the EP, we can probably turn it into a kind of Q&A thing. People yeah. can ask questions as they wish, um, as we go along, like listening to the EP. Yeah, yeah, Instagram allows you to kind of do that interaction. And I think YouTube and, you know, that you can actually bring people in if you want to. So there's ability to bring people in. So I haven't seen a lot of bands take advantage of that um, because I don't know if they want to deal with the randomness of, like, you know, some fan coming in and taking over the whole thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> and saying, doing the code off script. It's like, what are kind of going off kilter here? It's like, no, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um but uh, yeah, it's just interesting, like all the things we have to figure out when we can't do the shows, you know, because I think we've talked about it before, like streaming, you don't really get a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Most people don't actually buy the records, they just stream it. But if you've been successful, like trying to get merch 
done like doing a website and selling t-shirts or have you been able to do anything like that uh we haven't really done any merch yet well we did merch like, a couple of years ago and we just gave it away in the like, competitions it, it wasn't very good <laughs> <Merch>. no. <laughs> nobody really wanted it but uh yeah, it's quite expensive as well if you don't set it then um you know depending yeah, on yeah. Like, who your supplier is um can be quite expensive yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been working with some on-demand T-shirt companies, make it a little bit easier. So, like, you don't actually have to pay anything up front, and people just go and get it when they want it. Okay. So, those kind of setups are kind of cool if you can get people to get into it. Um, and then, you know, the other thing I found is, like, people will buy my vinyl more than they'll buy a CD. So, if I actually put something on vinyl, and I only run, like, 100 copies, I can sell all 100 vinyls. But if I did like a thousand CDs, I won't. I won't sell. I'll sell like two hundred, and I'll have eight hundred sitting around. Um, so it's it's better. It seems like the vinyl actually works way better, and you can actually charge more for the vinyl. Yeah, <laughs> people yeah. are willing in the U.S. They're willing to pay like twenty five, thirty bucks for one vinyl. Yeah, I think it's the same in the U.K. as well. Yeah, it's weird how it's got more expensive as well. It used to be, and people are people actually buy it. I mean, I'm surprised that people think it's worth something, especially if they only know there's a hundred of them. They're more likely to buy it, you know, than a thousand CDs. As I was told, there's a thousand of them, they won't buy it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, it's just a way to engage your fans, to get them excited. And then, like, the cool thing about vinyl, what I like is that you can put artwork and liner notes, and there's more you can do with it. Because it's a bigger package, so if you have an I concept for your record, then you can have your your full lyric book in there. You can have like a poster, pictures, or postcards, or stickers, and it then makes it more likely that your fans gonna buy it. Because there's more to it. Yeah, you know what Definitely. I mean. Put some merch inside as well. Well, with it. <laughs> Yeah, well, because if you can't go and do a, a tour, you, you know, normally I rent like a U-Haul van to go to New York City and I can't do that. And so I said, well, whatever money I was going to do to get to New York, I'll just put it into making some vinyl. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's just re- redirect where I was going to spend my money and then, it, you know, still engage my fans in a different way. You just, I'm just trying to figure out different ways to engage. Um, and it seems to be working on, on that and that aspect so and i've been talking to some other bands and they they seem to be looking into that as well you know most of the bands i've talked to are more keen on doing vinyl than cd you know when you talk to them they say yeah yeah that's something i might do yeah Yeah. i don't know if we could do that though i don't know if there'd be enough demand really so yeah because quite a a few of our fans are um kind of quite young so no, it's just, they don't have. And so in England, you guys aren't as enamored with vinyl as they are in the states. Uh, we kind of are, but I don't know. I think like our generation, are mainly just on streaming platforms. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's like everybody likes their phone, and then you know it's a different type of fan that's willing to the kind of disconnect and sit in the basement and listen to their vinyl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, we're quite weird because. Uh, we listen to Spotify, and we also we still buy CDs as well if it's if the album's good enough. Mm-hmm. But I think we're quite rare. <laughs> uh, most people our age kind of just stream it. But yeah, I don't know. 
the only thing I could think of is like in the U.S. we're getting into like another lockdown situation because it's gotten out of control with the COVID. So you know that potentially is an opportunity because you know then you're more likely okay maybe I'll turn my CD player back on or maybe I'll go pull my vinyl out because I'm not actually out. So if I'm outside, I'm going to be using my cell phone. But if I'm home, I could probably listen to my hi-fi stereo. You know, so maybe I'll be more willing to do that. So yeah. in this next couple of months, there's a potential opportunity to take advantage of the problem. Because yeah. <laughs> people won't be out. They're, they're kind of stuck at home again. At least in the States, we're getting locked down again. Yeah, That's we're locked down at the moment right now till about December time. So yeah, and with the holidays coming, I was like, "Oh, I can get people ideas of what they could buy." Yeah, <laughs> you know. So it's like you know, it's just interesting, you know, the different strategies because we we kind of you know with the model for musicians, we're kind of in a bad place because the record companies don't really give us, or the, even the distribu- distributors don't really pay us that well. And most of the way musicians make money is usually from touring or from merch, you know, or from, you know, licensing their song for something. Um, so that's kind of, you know, I don't know if this whole situation is going to make companies like redress how we get paid, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of, cause a lot of, a lot of it seems to be not, not where it was 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, it just seems like, you know, that people value, not that I'm not a gamer, but a kid is more willing to spend $60 on an Xbox game or a PS5 game than even $5 on an EP. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So it's like, so then, like, being an electronic musician, I've looked into, like, well, how do I get my music into that game? Yeah. Yeah. So how can I get my, my, my agency or my publisher company he said, don't just look at TV shows. Go look at the video game companies and see if they're looking for background music. Because if they're looking for background music and they want like two minutes or three minutes or some kind of synth thing, you know, I'm a synth player, so I, I could write all kinds of synth background stuff. So I've got pitches out to do stuff like that. And it's, you might not ever see that the ghost did it, but it'll bring in, you know, income. The band that you guys are, maybe that's not as easy to do because I can kind of do soundtracks and stuff. But have you guys thought of licensing your music in that kind of way? Um, we've actually got a side project at the moment where we're creating like soundtracks and things like that. Um, so it's not really, well, of course, it's not really so rock. Are. It's more cinematic and um, ambient and like that. Oh, so you are. Yeah, cool. but we haven't really got it in any proper video games or movies. It's more like people want it for a YouTube video or something like that. But with well, where you start, where you start, you know, you never know. Some independent filmmaker suddenly likes what you got. Now, I actually pitch toward like film students who are doing like really small films, yeah. and you can you can get these directors to to take your work. Because they're looking for it. I mean, they can't get, they're looking to fill the space in their movies with sound. And they're more willing to work with like unheard of or lower tier artists because they're just starting mm-hmm. too. 
and then you can get if you can get in their project and suddenly they get to the next tier then they'll they'll continue to work with you yeah. <laughs> so it's cool yeah some people say well you know that's just an independent film but if you start with a guy who's an independent filmmaker you know quentin tarantino was an indie film yeah. guy. <laughs> you know spike lee was an indie film guy when he first started nobody knew who he was yeah. <laughs> So, so it's 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 sometimes it's cool to start with those guys. It's the same kind of situation as an indie musician, you know. You start with the indie filmmaker, you can get on the ground floor with them, and then you know as he moves up, you can move up with him. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, it's always cool. I mean, you never. You, I I actually cool thing about the Instagram platform, it 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 has actors, their models, their filmmakers, and I've. I've kind of been able to pitch to models, you know, I've actually had models come on the show that, you know, really is like what I got to do with music, but you know, music and models, models are in, in music videos. Yeah. <laughs> so I was able to kind of pitch like, why would you want to come on the show? Oh, well, you know, they want to pitch whatever they're doing. So, you know, you, 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 it's just a creative kind of zone. It's like Instagram's great for that. Cause there's so many different creative people that you can kind of intersect with people. Maybe you wouldn't think that you would talk to them, but then suddenly you end up talking to them. I talked to a foodie, a guy that does like YouTube, you know, cooking videos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then suddenly I, I end up getting more foodies on. And then I come to find out that the foodie audience is pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> and so then suddenly they, they intersect and then, oh, one of them wanted like some background music for their foodie show. And then boom, I was doing that. So, so you never know what kind of connections you can make. I would always suggest as creative people, you should always be open to like as much as you yeah, can. <laughs> so what are you guys like planning into next year is really part two of, of the EP series is, is the main going into 2021 is like the end of this year is part one and then part two is for 2021. That's, that's your long-term plan. Uh, yeah, hopefully. I mean, we haven't even, we've only just started recording chapter two, like behind on it. Um, but yeah, so we'll just record that, hopefully release it next year if all goes to plan. And also if um, all goes well with COVID and everything, uh, hopefully play some socially distanced shows. Um so do you have anybody like trying to set you up for summer 2021? Uh, yeah, sure. our local venue, The Horn, um, in St. Albans there, well, they are putting on socially distance shows um, when we're not in lockdown. So um, yeah, we haven't got anything booked at the moment because we're not really sure what's going on. But um, yeah, hopefully, yeah. maybe Easter time even, um, if everything goes to plan. But yeah, that's all we've got planned, really. So maybe we're going to dive into another question. You guys said you started, like, uh, in, you know, getting better at recording. So what, what – I know we had talked about what kind of DAW you used before. Did you change the type of DAW you used, or you just got better using this DAW that you were already using? Uh, we're still just using pretty much all the same equipment. Uh, using, um, just a standard board a lot of the stuff we use is just like built into logic itself and we just play around with that stuff but i don't think we had the midi keyboard last time do we not uh, right, so. i've got i've got one now but yeah so you just you're basically you just got you've just gotten better at production because you've been doing it longer 
so you've learned some techniques from like YouTube and yeah. stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's still not great. Um, especially my mastering is terrible. I probably should have sent it off, but uh, I think it's still in general the quality should sound slightly better than our previous releases. But yeah, we'll see what people think. I don't know. Yeah, and I feel like we've got better. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been I've been investing in like um, more sound processing equipment. <laughs> since since I can't tour, it's like okay, well maybe I'll buy a, a Rupert Neve processing board to put on my rack. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, because like it's an investment. Like because it costs so much to master. If I can over time buy better, you know, recording equipment, uh, like you know the Neve kind of is like Rupert Neve. His stuff is like golden. So if I can get like you know even a a little piece of what he the, that stuff is, I mean his stuff can cost like fifty thousand dollars. It's not something you normally can get, right. but he's got smaller bits that can do the job. And you just research it. It's like, okay, well, no, if I spend like four or five grand, which is not 50 grand, but, you know, maybe I can afford to have a higher quality mastering than I could ever have done before. And then I can control it more. And I'm kind of a control freak being a, being like a producer kind of guy. But uh, I tend to like to run a lot of my own mix because I kind of know what I want. And if I have the equipment to do it, then I'll do it. But there's some stuff I will send out to an engineer. It's like, okay, fine. Like, I'll give it to an engineer because like, I don't want to spend time on it. But there's other things where I really want it, want it to be a certain way. And then other people, you know, when I give it to them, they, they don't do what I want. So then I'm going to take it back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's the same with us as well. Um, I think that the, the huge benefit of recording at home is you get all that time you're not paying for studio space as well or an engineer yeah and sometimes yeah time. sometimes you, sometimes you don't get a guy that's on the same page right so like okay he makes it sound good but then what he chose to emphasize is not what i would have chosen to do yeah i mean sometimes like the guy it surprises you and he does it way better than you ever anticipated it's like fine that's a good guy right and then other guys like why did he do that and they're like okay well i don't like it so i'm taking yeah. it back <laughs> but um yeah, it's kind of like the more control. Some people want that level of control in their music, and other people are like more com- willing to give it to somebody else. It kind of like it depends on where you are in your career, I guess. Yeah. In what you can afford to, there's always a factor. <laughs> yeah, that as well. But uh, so you guys, I'm, I'm glad to see you guys are still out here. You know, but we talked to you. Back in 2018, you know, we're still around. So, you know, it's cool. We've been connecting with everybody we've ever talked to and all kinds of new people. We've actually we hit about 28,000 listeners now on our platform. And actually, Anchor is part of Spotify now, which is pretty cool. Um, so we're just getting bit bigger and bigger reach. We're going into next year, we're going to hit probably 40,000, 50,000 listeners worldwide. So we're, we're getting psyched that, you know, we just keep on building. Yeah. Um, that we're hoping to, to eventually get to like a hundred thousand or more listeners is our you know long term plan, and to get bigger bigger audiences. We are branching into video podcasting, 
Um, but we've had some bandwidth issues because of the lockdown where too many people are home. And, and when we try to do a video podcast, it doesn't come out good. <laughs> um, but we're hoping to start that again once all this straightens out. So if you guys ever want to do the video podcast, we may bring you on that. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you. Yeah, so thank you guys for being on. We're going to push your record as soon as it comes out. We'll be pushing it on our channel. We're going to push your current singles on this episode. And like always, we when we put it up on Instagram, we'll hi- highlight to the Spotify version of the podcast. So as soon as uh, we put it up, you know, we'll have a story on our, 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 our um, Instagram and you can link to it and do whatever you want. We'll send you the top links as always. Thank you. Thanks for having yeah. us again. Yeah, no problem. We'll always have you on, you know, when your new record comes out, um, we will push, push it on the channel. So we'll, we'll get that link as soon as we see it and we'll just attach it to this episode. Thank you. Yep. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Stay safe out there. And you. You too. Thank you. Bye.